0: scoops with Danny Mac the podcast powered by I promise now here's Danny Mac
1: welcome into the show Monday edition scoops with Danny Mac and my guest if you did not hear the crossover will be Victor Rojas longtime play-by-play man of the Angels And he did something about as unique as you can in sports. Now, it's not unheard of, especially in baseball, to see um, a broadcast... You know, days gone by where a broadcaster would go into a front office role or back into uniform as a player or as coach. That would happen. Um, But he tried to do that. And he interviewed for the position of being the general manager of the Angels. So I, I think it's just really interesting and I wanted to talk to him about the process of that and also talk about uh, the final year of Albert Pujols with the Angels and what the previous nine years have been like uh, covering Albert Pujols in anaheim slash los angeles so our visit with victor rojas is coming up a couple things from over the weekend that stood out mizzou great win over arkansas and yeah some of these wins are against down teams um you know arkansas is in a rebuild lsu in a rebuild south carolina uh barry odom Gave up a lot of points for Arkansas, but also gave the Tigers a lot of points, too. A lot of those kids that scored for Mizzou were Barry Odom recruits. So, uh, But you got to look at Eli Drinkowicz, what he's doing. It's a plus. It's a bonus. He's bringing excitement to uh, Columbia. They're fun to watch. He's innovative on offense. His clock management has been fantastic in some of these games so good for mizzou they've got georgia this weekend also the bragging rights will be on saturday night so that's going to be fun uh, down in columbia and speaking of conzo martin another win yesterday that was over wichita state they're now three and oh so some good non-conference wins there wichita state oregon in particular slew uh dominated their game over arkansas pine bluff and um i would love to see slew mizzou I would love to see SLU, Illinois. I wish they were all getting together this year. You know, throw everything out the window. This would be the time to do it. If there was ever a time to do it, this would be the time to do it in 2020. Okay, one of the things I wanted to jump into on this first segment was at The Athletic, and it was Jeremy Rutherford. And he had a really interesting piece. More than 1,200 subscribers took part in their blues fan survey 2.0 and there were 17 questions and some of the responses were expected seeing a consensus on a few of them confirmed how fans feel about the most pressing topics facing the franchise in 2021 so here are some of the questions and i'm curious what you think and by the way Uh, You can uh, text us, 65780, 65780, and uh, that's the Air Comfort Service text line. So, how concerned are you about the Blues' first-round playoff loss to Vancouver? Winner, somewhat concerned at uh, 50.9%, runner-up not at all. I'm not concerned at all. I, I throw out the bubble in the postseason. I, I'm not worried about it at all. What was the Blues' main problem in the postseason? Winner thought they could turn it on and were wrong. 50.5%. Runner up, 28.8%. Just didn't play well enough. Have the Blues had a good season? Now, this is where it gets interesting. Petro gone, Krug in, Jake Allen gone. Uh, the winner was yes, Fans think they have 43.3%. Not sure it was 41.3%. Were you okay? And this is the one that got my attention. Were you okay with Armstrong not meeting Alex Petrangelo's uh, contract criteria and moving on without him? The winner was yes, which in itself didn't surprise me all that much. The percent did. 85%. 85% were okay with that. Hmm. Would the Blues have been better off keeping Alex or promoting Colton Pareko and signing Tory Krug? And the winner was Pareko and Krug, 68%. Runner-up, Petro. Interesting there. Will Justin Falk perform better in a top-four role with a more defined look at his duties? Winner was, yes, 78%. And that kind of falls into Petro being gone. Falk has got to step up. He's going to be in different... a different role with the club. Jordan Bennington entering the final season of his two-year $8.8 million contract. How do you view his future? Uh, Winner was adequate above average at 78%. And I, I agree with that. And there's a bunch of other questions that are in there. It was very, very enlightening, I think, when you look at how people are viewing what they did with Alex Petrangelo. I think that because of the shutdown and the pandemic and you're dealing with your own issues, you know... Yeah, we're, we're all enjoying sports when it's on TV and that kind of thing. We're just not diving into a lot of the contract stuff. I don't think people really want to hear about it. And we'll see what happens with Yachty and Wayno and some of the others that are here in town that have been mainstays for a long, long time. So I'm going to talk more about that and the NFL coming up later in the show. What do you got for me? You're looking at me like I'm crazy, Tanner. What do you got for me?
2: I got nothing for you. I don't know why you're just throwing me under the
1: bus. Dude. I'm not throwing you under the bus. I thought you were going to jump in on something got, here, buddy. Got nothing for you. Got nothing for me. Nothing for you. All right, 65780 if you want to text in. And coming up, we'll <clears throat> visit with Victor Rojas. Victor Rojas is next on 101 ESPN.
0: More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN.
1: Dan McLaughlin, Monday edition of Scoops with Danny Mac here on 101 ESPN. In just a moment, you're going to hear from Victor Rojas. Join in the holiday spirit by contributing to our 12 Days of T-Shirts fundraiser for the Little Bit Foundation. Donate at least $25 online between now and December 14th. You'll receive a complimentary 101 ESPN T-Shirt as a gift for your donation. 12 days to donate, 12 days to score that free 101 shirt with a donation. And your $25 donation helps the Little Bit Foundation provide a backpack of school supplies to a local student in need. Thanks to our presenting sponsor, Massage Lux. And find all the details. Make your donation to our 12 Days of T-shirts fundraiser now at 101espn.com. I find this visit to be, hopefully, enlightening. It's something that you will learn from. I hope to learn from it as well. My guest is Victor Rojas, longtime voice of the Angels, and he did something in baseball that on its surface was outside the box, but you wonder, is it really outside the box? Is he goes from being a play-by-play man to potentially the general manager of the Angels. He, when interviewed for that job, and I wanted to bring him in to talk about that experience because I think it's fascinating. And he's also one of my best friends in the business. So, Victor, how you doing? Great to hear your voice.
3: Hey, Danny. It's great to see you, or hear you, and uh, and, and talk with you, man. It's been uh, it's been a crazy couple of months this offseason. Well, hey, the whole year has been kind of a crazy year.
1: It, it really has. So, I loved what you posted on social media. You, you said... Why not? Why not me? Why not do this? Explain what you were doing in, in trying to go for the GM job with the Angels.
3: Yeah, you know, I spent 11 years there, and uh, I have a lot of history with the organization. My dad spent 10 years with the, uh, the Angels, managed them in 88. I signed with them in the minor leagues in 1990. and So there was a number of variables that kind of played into this. Uh, it, it, it truly was kind of a perfect storm. And uh, the way the team really got off to such a bad start, uh, we got to about mid-August and I was getting just about as frustrated as any Angels fan uh, probably was at that time. And I started to jot down some notes and I ended up uh, getting to the point where I felt like I was was Jerry Maguire wanting to write the memo. I wanted to write (laughs) write my thoughts down on paper. It's like, this is what I've seen for eleven years. This is what I want to change. This is what you know. What I mean, it was just one of those things. I just wanted to put my thoughts on paper as opposed to just sharing it on a broadcast, and really getting into trouble. Uh, but uh, as word kind of started to leak out in September that that maybe Billy Epler was going to be on the hot seat, I reached out to the Angels um, and I expressed to them my my desires. And they said, "Well, we're going to wait until what to see what Artie decides to do." And uh, you know, lo and behold, as soon as uh, maybe ten minutes after the last out of the last game of the year, the press release went out and maybe a half hour after that is when I texted Artie Moreno that I wanted, uh, I wanted that freaking job, um, and that I was ready. And so that's, that's kind of how it all started for me. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they took me seriously. They, uh, they put me in through the process and, um, I have no regrets, Danny. I mean, uh, I said everything that I wanted to say, um, and, uh, they were fair. I mean, it was about an hour and a half, two hour interview and, Uh, i put a presentation together It was about 19 pages that included that why me page at the very end and um you know i gave it my best shot and and the one thing it has done it's you know i love what i do i love i love being on tv i love talking about baseball um but it's not my first foray uh or or at least dipping the the, my toe in the water as far as a front office i did run a minor league organization for a couple of years uh back in newark in 01 and 02. uh it was independent so i got a chance to put the team together and So I got a chance to talk with agents and players and stuff like that. So I have had a taste of it and I've been dabbling with maybe uh, going that route um, for a couple of years. And it just, like I said, it was a perfect storm this year and I I gave it my best shot.
1: It takes guts to do what you did. As you reflect on the experience, what did you learn?
3: Um, That I believe in myself, that I continue to believe in myself. and, and, And I'm not going to shy away from, you know, putting myself out there and, you know, I, I just followed up I uh, had a social media post a couple of days ago that, you know, now that as soon as we hit December, I was reflecting back to 20 years ago this month, I was literally working as a customer service rep behind the counter at Nordstrom in Boca Raton, Florida, when I decided or I had this idea, I didn't decide, I had this idea of trying to chase this broadcasting dream. And, you know, it, it took me until early February to get a job with the Newark Bears. And and here I am 20 years later with 18 years uh, being in the big leagues as a, as a major league broadcaster and having worked my way up from radio to MLB Network to the second largest market in the country, working in, in the Los Angeles market with the Angels. So I, 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 I believe that I could do anything I set my mind to. And, um, you know, I don't know what the future holds. Heck, to, you know, almost two years ago, we started a baseball apparel company. So it's I, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys that has a lot of energy, a lot of passion. And when I decided I want to try something or do something, I'm all in. I don't do anything half-assed or anything like that. I'm all in, and I, and I, and I give it my best shot.
1: When you went and made the presentation, how did you mix in analytics with the eye with the old-school look of baseball?
3: You know, I, I really didn't uh, break it down as such. I, I, I'm, I'm very receptive to the new way of thinking and 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 how uh, numbers and, and the way you evaluate players has changed over the last 10 to 15 years. Um, but what I really wanted to convey to them was how I, I looked at an organization and what I thought needed to be done from an organizational standpoint, from a culture standpoint, uh, the trickle down from top to bottom and getting a total buy-in. You know, In my time with the Angels, I've gone from Tony Regan's, uh, to Jerry DePoto, to Billy Epler, now to Perry Manassian. So 11 seasons going on my 12th season, this will be the fourth general manager. And because of that, you, you get a lot of crossover of personnel. So you've got a bunch of different personalities and philosophies that are still lingering within the organization. Then you bring in someone new who's got a different uh, perception of things. And I think that's something that Perry will probably tackle uh, going forward is – Making sure that everybody's in line and being and kind of following uh, the path that is set forth by the, by the organization and, and thinking organization first as opposed to individual first. And I think that's the one thing that I really wanted to convey in my presentation. As far as player evaluation, you know, I gave them my thoughts of what I, I, I think that the team needs going into 21. I gave them my suggestions of the players, the type of players that I would seek out. And, um, but as far as breaking it down specifically, no, you have to have a balance of both. There's no doubt about it. You have to have a balance of both, but analytics are not the absolute. They're starting points. And for me, they're fantastic, especially for the, the valuation of a player. Um, but you have to have eyes and feel and, and be able to determine what these players are capable of doing. Analytics cannot factor in the human element in real time. And that's something that, I think finally people are starting to realize.
1: Very well said, Victor. If you could, could you uh, hold on through the break? Because I know I think uh, it would be of interest for our fans to hear about your relationship with Albert Pujols. And he enters in the final year of his deal next year with the Angels. And just uh, just getting into a little bit of what it's like to, to see the last decade uh, with Albert out on the West Coast. We'll continue the conversation with Victor Rojas coming up on 101 ESPN.
0: More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Player out to right field, and there it is. Hit number 3,000
3: for Albert Pujols. The fourth player in Major League Baseball history with at least 600 home runs and 3,000 hits. Joining Hank Garrett Willie Mays, and Alex Rodriguez add Albert Pujols to that
2: list.
1: Some of the milestones hit by El Hombre, Albert Pujols, as he left St. Louis and then went on to some personal milestones, major milestones, In Major League Baseball and behind the mic on those calls, my guest today, uh, Victor Rojas. We were talking about Victor in the previous segment, interviewing for the GM job. He'll be the voice of the Angels this year. And more milestones maybe to come for Albert Pujols. I got to ask you, Victor, uh, he's entering the final year of his deal. I think fans are curious here in St. Louis. What has it been like, uh, the tenure of Albert Pujols in the West Coast?
3: I'm sure it's been frustrating for him, especially the last couple of years. You know, there was every off season, it seemed like he had uh, something going on. Uh, nothing serious, but the the plantar fasciitis, the knee. There was always something. And look, man, it happens as you get older, and the more mileage you put on a body, it's it's going to happen. Your body's going to start to break down a little bit. And so, I, I'm sure there's some frustration on his part that maybe. As you guys know, in, in St. Louis, and you know, Danny, having covered him for as long as you have, um, he is a very proud individual, and he wants to perform at his best all the time. And so I, I think that's probably what maybe weighs on him a little bit. You know, the uh, the evolution of Jared Walsh over at first base is going to limit his time probably at first base. Shohei Otani showing up a couple of years ago cuts into the DH time. So it's it, it it's been a tough couple of years for him. I'm a little bummed, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, there's no doubt that a, the pandemic has has caused havoc around the world, right? But let's assume just going back to February 1st of this year, before it really snowballed into what has become this, this COVID-19 pandemic. Based on what Albert had done last year, we're thinking, well, okay, he's got two years left on his deal. Uh, man, if he can get to 15, 20 home runs this year, Going into 21, we got a we get we got a chance maybe at a story of chasing 700, uh, outside chance. And I, I we thought legitimately after the season last year that this would be something that we would be uh, be talking about. Unfortunately, it's not the case. Um, you know, COVID cut the the season down to 60, and you know he's got one more year left. Now, if he goes off next year, and I don't know if anything's possible, we don't know what the schedule is going to look like. But let's say he hits 20, I. I, Mark Cuban's on my broadcast partner, and I keep telling each other, you know, if there's ever a shot for him to to make it at 700, I would not be surprised if he tried to sign a one year deal with the Cardinals, especially <laughs> if there's a universal DH and hit 700 there. You know, I mean, it would just be it would just be so storybook. And uh, but I, but I've had the pleasure of calling, you know, his 3,000th hit, his 2,000th RBIs, and 600th home runs. I'm sitting here looking at a uh, a Marucci bat that he sent up to our broadcast booth. It's a Pujols model, 600 career home runs, June 3rd, 2017. He signed it, and gave it to us awesome. as a memento. And uh, he, he's just been so great to us. Uh, he's been fantastic to me. And, um, you know, funny story. So uh, the offseason that he was a free agent, uh, we were in uh, in Maui. And we were at the resort, and I see Albert walking in and his family. So it was Thanksgiving holiday week. And so I walked over, and I refreshed his memory. of Victor Ross, Cookie Son, and we'd met before. He, hey, you know, how's your dad? This time we're shooting the breeze. And uh, just pleasantries, right? Nothing serious. I head back to uh, the table. We were having breakfast, and uh, I texted Artie Moreno. And I said, hey, I just saw uh, – I just saw Albert Pools. You want me to say anything to him? You know, wink, wink, emoji. Right. And uh, he said, "No, just just tell him I think he's a fantastic player." And then, you know, a couple of uh, couple of weeks later, all of a sudden uh, the winter meetings happen, and uh, he sent me a text. He goes, uh, "Keep on smiling." And you know, the news broke <laughs> that uh, that Albert had signed that ten-year deal. So. It's um, it's funny how it works. It's crazy that we're coming to an end of it already.
1: It, it really is. People ask me about my favorite times behind the mic in seeing Albert Pujols, and, and I'll say, you know, we saw, in my opinion, his best years. But the year sure. uh, that uh, that we finally got to see the Angels come to St. Louis and that weekend is one of the more special weekends I can ever remember of regular season play for three games. What was it no like? Question. Yeah, what was it like from from your perspective, and and how it was perceived from uh, his teammates and the Angels organization, and really just uh, <clears throat> the the fans of the of the Angels as well.
3: I think it was uh, perceived exactly like uh, Cardinals fans perceived, and how they acted. I mean, it was it was it was so awesome to watch every single moment that he stepped onto the field and the reaction of the crowd. I it, God's honest truth. I really felt that Albert could have walked away from the game at that point and everybody would have been in heaven. You
1: know yeah, what I mean? It would have been absolutely. a
3: storybook ending. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it felt like. It really felt like this is a, a thank you, a goodbye. I'm out. Um, it's crazy that it took that long, but the flip side of that is I'm, I'm kind of glad that it did. Because whatever yes. whatever feelings mixed, otherwise the hatred, of, you know, the vitriol, or because I'm sure there was a lot of fans that were upset. Uh, it it gave it time to kind of it, it burnt itself out, and maybe that's why Major League Baseball did it that way. I don't know. You know, we we played you guys a couple of times in the interim um, until we we went there uh, last year in 2019, and so I, I don't know. I, I it just worked. It worked out perfectly, um, and. Um, it was that city of St. Louis. I've always said and I grew up in Kansas City. Uh, talk about a baseball town. And they just love their Cardinals. And it's just so amazing to see the reaction. And Yachty played it so perfectly standing there making sure that that is his guy got uh, all the love that, that he deserved.
1: I'll wrap it up with this. Uh, You mentioned earlier Baseball Apparel Company. So you've had your hand in a lot of different businesses with the game of baseball. What are you doing with the Baseball Apparel Company?
3: Well, we started this company in February 2019 called Big Fly Gear. Big Fly is a home run call that I've used since I was in the minor leagues. And uh, we wanted to do something unique with it. So we're storytellers of the games past. We take a person, place, and or moment in baseball history currently revolving around the home run, and we create a one-of-a-kind graphic. And uh, we sell t-shirts and long sleeves and sweatshirts and hats and the like. And uh, that's kind of what we've been doing for the last uh, 22, 23 months. And it's, it's gone exceptionally well. Uh, a little bummed uh, this year that uh, we created this Millville Meteor graphic, which is a, a tribute graphic to Mike Trout. He signed off on it, loved it, uh, gave us his blessing. And uh, we launched it in February, had some momentum going and all of a sudden, you know, mid-March, uh, everything stops. But even with all of the things that have happened this year, and maybe because we're more at home and we are solely an online business, um, we've been able to to really do well from a, from a revenue perspective. I mean, we're currently sitting here with three weeks left to go in the year and we're Forty percent uh, north of revenues of, of last year, and really just word of mouth. And so it's it's been great. Social media has helped out tremendously as well. Um, but uh, we've got our, our mantle in and Maris uh, 60th anniversary um, graphic coming out next week. Uh, so we'll have some momentum going into uh, into next year and, and that anniversary. And um, working on a bunch of different things right now. We've had an Ernie Banks one put out a couple of days ago or a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I've been thinking about a stand usual. Um, I, I know exactly what I, what it is I want to do, and so it's just a matter of, uh, of putting that down on paper. And, and we're also going to work with uh, the the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, we're we're in the process of creating some work uh, for the uh, the Hall of Fame Museum Store in Cooperstown, as well as their online business. So, you know, slowly but surely, it's a slow burn for us. It's kind of a side business. We run it out of the house. Um, but we're hoping that by the end of uh, the third quarter of next year that we are out of the house and in our own uh, in our own building.
1: That would be fantastic. And for people yep. that are listening, uh, best way to go online, where could they find you?
3: Bigflygear.com.
1: Bigflygear.com. Victor Rojas, great to catch up. Stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, let's get a full 162, if not a little Amen. bit more next year. huh?
3: Amen, brother. Amen.
1: Amen Happy holidays
3: right. to you and everyone uh, in the St. Louis area, buddy.
1: Thanks again, Victor, and happy holidays to you. That's Victor Rojas. We'll come back with more on 101 ESPN in just a moment.
0: More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Time now for the crossover. Brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Close to home or close to work. For quality tires and expert auto service, you can always count on Dobbs.
1: here at 101 ESPN, as there's been some changes in the lineup, and one of those changes is coming up in the next hour and the subsequent hour and then the hour after that, leading into the Fast Lane. Jamie Rivers moving on from Ribs in BK. He'll be now part of the Fast Lane with the gang, and Alex takes on a primary role uh, with uh, the great, hardworking man that we love, Brandon Kylie, he's back there banging on the keyboard right now, lining up guests. So congratulations to you, Alex. Thank you, Danny. I appreciate it. You know, it's uh,
2: it's well a, deserved. Yeah, it's a bittersweet moment, of course, when you lose Jamie Rivers, moving on to the fast lane, and we're going to address that at the top of the show. But uh, I'm excited. You know, I've gotten a chance to work with BK since they put me on the show back in March, I believe, which seems like it was just yesterday, and we started something fun, but. BK, like you said, he's the he's hardest worker I know, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting to do the show with him because we're going to have some fun with it. So what are you guys going to try to do?
1: Anything different or just kind of carrying over what you were doing with uh, with Jamie Rivers? You know,
2: I think we're going to continue to do what we've been doing and carry over what we were doing with Jamie Rivers. Of course, you can't do the same thing without Jamie because Jamie is a, uh, a special individual in himself that nobody can replicate. But, uh, you know, we're still going to dive into baseball. We're still going to dive into hockey, football. We're going to give the number... We're going to give our hot take, so to speak, but uh, we're going to have fun along the way, too. So I would tell people don't expect any big differences because it's going to be the same show just without Jamie Rivers. You
1: provide great uh, hockey insight. I was talking to Randy Carriker, uh yesterday uh, in a phone conversation. I said, man, Alex, just he just dives into the hockey. I said, I love having him on the show. So one of the things I want to ask you about, I don't know if you were listening to the beginning of, of my program, but I thought uh, Jeremy Rutherford had a really interesting piece at The Athletic. Now, you can take what you want from polls. And mm-hmm. I think it was 1,200 people were in the poll. But um, a lot of it were, was, is, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but kind of moving on from Petro and fans were okay with it. Yeah. I mean, the, the numbers in the polls of, hey, are you okay with this? And fans are like, yeah, we kind of have an understanding of what was offered, what he turned down and where he's going. And we get it on both sides. And I, I it's not that I was surprised that they were in favor of it. It was the monumental uh, percentage of the fan. It was like 88% said, yep, I'm okay with it. It surprised me a little bit. That, yeah, just that number.
2: It, it, that surprised me. There was a couple of others that really surprised me too, Dan, but the Petro one specifically, but, you know, over these last six, eight years that I've been covering the blues and doing pre and post for the radio side, you start to understand kind of the fan base a little bit. And when 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 they see success they stick with what's provided success, right? And that's Doug Armstrong. And I mean, you can't deny what Doug Armstrong has done since he's taken over. I mean, it's you go back. Of it, yeah, you go back to that first day that he became sole general manager, president of hockey operations, and he traded for Yaroslav Halak. The one, the one minor hole that the Blues had was goaltending, and he made a move for it. And he's done that ever since. You know, winning the Stanley Cup. That's the I think way,
1: that's the big one. That uh, <laughs> that gives
2: a lot of support in favor of Doug Armstrong. You know, I will say, which I agree with Jeremy, I was surprised by, but I think people are going to be surprised by how much they're going to miss Alex Petrangelo oh, for sure because of what he provided. And if it wasn't Tory Krug, I think that would have been swayed in the different direction. I think those poll numbers would have been very different. why with Krug though? Why what
1: what makes you love Tory Krug so much? Because you're
2: offsetting an elite defenseman who look, Tory Krug cannot replicate what Alex Petrangelo brought but Torrey Krug brings what Alex Petrangelo didn't have here in St. Louis. And that was elite offensive numbers. I mean, there's no denying what Krug has done at five on five and at power play time. And with Colton Pareko, I think it provides that loss of Alex Petrangelo a little bit softer of a blow than what it would have been without Pareco. Like if you don't have Pareko, Dan, you can't walk away from a number one defenseman and say, Oh, well, we got Torrey Crew, because he's not a number one defenseman. Colton Pareco can be a number one defenseman. So I really think the the mixture of Pareko as the number one now and Tory Crew coming in as the number two and then having Justin Falk really provides that um that positivity and that optimism for blues fans. To this team with Doug Armstrong, moving on from Alex Petrangelo. So
1: this week will be an interesting week with baseball, the virtual meetings, and probably front and center for everybody, and I'm starting to see it trickle out with some of the, the main baseball writers, which is the number one question, when will the season start? Well, have baseball, it's just, you know, when, does anybody have an idea of when a season will start? Yeah. And And we don't. So... Hockey though, we're we're running out of runway. That's kind of been a famous saying that we've had here in COVID nineteen right. with, with sports. You know, you, you you gotta get the season in at some point if you wanna get back on track for twenty twenty two and and uh the twenty twenty one, twenty two season. So what do you think? I mean, what, what are you hearing? What's some of the insiders? What what What's the, the vibe with the Blues? What what do you think the season looks like in terms of games played and when they might start?
2: You know, the feeling right now, Dan, at least from what I'm hearing in the conversations back and forth, is it's going to be somewhere between 50 and 56 games. The, the NHL and the PA have had <laughs> conversations over the last week. Now, they haven't had the economic Conversations. It's been more of, okay, what does the season look like? Well, how are we going to get this started? What's training camps going to look like? That's what they've been trying to iron out so that when they go back to the table with the economic issues, they solve that. They can start right away. I think you're still in good position to get 50 to 56 games in without overloading teams with the amount of games that they're going to have to play. Um, because training camp doesn't have to be as long as we originally thought it did. And I've learned this over time of talking with Joe Vitale, Mike McKenna, Jamie Rivers, NHL players that said, look, these guys have been training camp since the offseason began because these guys want hockey back. Yeah. They're skating. They're out there practicing. Sure, they haven't had the, the team scrimmages and haven't had the team practices, but... I mean, look at just St. Louis right now. I mean, you got a majority of these players that are in St. Louis on the ice every day with each other. So whenever they decide that the season's going to start on this date, which I still think is going to be towards the middle of end of January, it's going to be a matter of, okay, here's where your start date is. You guys got two to three weeks to get training camp and preseason underway. I think that's too many.
1: You think so? I do. I I think because we're in such a... um, Back against the wall, in a corner, all the cliches of just getting the, you know, players are going to want the games yeah, because that means dollar signs and and teams are going to want the games too, for the most part, because of TV contracts right. that they'll push the envelope and say, you know what? You got a week to get ready and there's two games and then we're off and running. Yeah. I I just think two to three weeks, not that it's a waste of time in a normal season. It's not. But you're you're running out of time. So if you're going to try to fit it in as much as you can, look, if you're going to go for it, let's go. Just go play. Right. And if there's going to be empty stadiums and empty uh, arenas, go play.
2: Yeah, it, three weeks is a little too much. I think two weeks is the sweet spot. I see what you're saying, Dan. But the other factor with this is they also have to take into consideration those teams that missed the bubble because those are the teams – well, I, I get it. I know what you're saying. They're the ones that will lose their
1: minds over it because they haven't had the proper amount of time I'm to tot- get ready. Yes, it's a valid point. Right. It's 100% right. But you know what? These guys are creatures of habit, they keep themselves in great shape. Mm-hmm. Let's go. The other thing, too, is getting all of these players back and making That's sure that everyone's too. ready because... Are they telling these guys to get, you know, from Europe? Like, hey, you got to get, get back here wherever I, you're going.
2: I don't know if... Because, I mean, frankly, for the Blues, I know that there are still some guys, or at least last week, there were still some guys that were in Europe and over in Russia, but... I don't know if teams are demanding these players to come back yet, but I think they're advising them to, hey start making your way back specifically guys that are going to be playing in Canada, Dan, because they got different regulations than what they do in North America, United States right now, because you got to quarantine before you can even really get into Canada. So I think those teams and players are going to start making their way over here, but that's the other consideration with this one. And we talked about it last week that getting these players back over into their, their home state's home places they got to make sure that they are up to par with the COVID and make sure that they got all of the negative tests that need be because if you get some positive tests and you get some positive outbreaks, you want to do a week or two weeks to get ready for the season, but next thing you know, half the team's unavailable to practice and then somebody's going to want some type of
1: casualty that goes into it. Okay, what's coming up on the show? We what, By the way, what are we calling the show? I almost said Ribs and BK and Alex coming up, so I can't say <laughs> that. So what am I going to say? Don't
2: worry, that's going to happen at least one or two times today <laughs> between me and BK. It's BK and Ferrario now, which I am A-OK with. I'm not like Jamie Rivers. I don't need my name in front. Okay, BK's name needs to be right there. Uh, no, we're going to get into the winter meetings because, of course, today is the big day of winter meetings, right. which is so strange to say. Uh, we are going to talk about that fan poll and Jordan Bennington a little bit, and then we got Therese Paler from Yahoo Sports talking football and Jesse Rogers from ESPN.com talking baseball.
1: Congrats. Well deserved. Thanks, Danny. I appreciate it. Alex Ferrario coming up. Uh, thanks to Victor Rojas and I'll be back with you tomorrow. Tanner, great job. I'll be back with you tomorrow at 10 on Scoops with Danny Mac.
0: You've been listening to Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast powered by I Promise.